You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7. We have some things to actually talk about for once on the show today. Uh, I don't want to seem too negative with that for one statement, but let's be honest. It's been a long offseason punctuated with moments of interestingness and a lot of downtime. Let's, should we start with Harold Ramirez? The Indians added him and they designated Jordan Humphreys for assignment. I had already talked about Jordan Humphreys in depth. If you missed that episode, he has some really good statistical numbers, uh, a walk rate that we have not seen that strong in the minors since uh, Shane Bieber was down there. It's not to say he's Shane Bieber, but just to give a comparison. Guy has been unable to stay healthy. He was actually traded to the Giants for Billy Hamilton, who's now in the Indians with the Indians as well, in kind of a, a funny turn. The Indians releasing Humphreys now is totally calculated. Right now is a time where teams have signed free agents. They've set up their rosters. They're looking at their non-roster invitees. And it's a lot harder to claim a player. Let's put it that way. You don't have the open spots you had earlier in the year. And teams were also projecting, you know, oh, this guy's a non-roster invitee, but we think he's probably going to make the team. Are we going to have the spots? There's a much better chance that he goes through waivers right now and remains with the Indians. It's a very calculated move. Now, as for Harold Ramirez, he was a former top 100 prospect in all the baseball. He was with the Pirates. Got hurt, and his speed vanished. He was always going to be a left field only guy. He's a terrible defender. Advanced stats and and just scouting with your eye both show that there is below well below average power he does run better now um, but you're looking at a guy who the chance was plus hit tool plus speed the hit tool has been closer to average at best there's enough tools there though that when you look at you know Pittsburgh to Toronto to Miami now to Cleveland teams are willing to take a gamble he does run really well that's his only if we went over and looked at baseball savant I pulled that up earlier he didn't really play last year due to a COVID and injury. 2019, 92nd in speed uh, in sprint speed. K percentage, 60, uh, 60th percentile. Expected batting average, 67th. Uh, after that, everything is pretty awful, including he might have that good speed, but he is a pretty terrible defender even with that good speed in left field. Uh, some outs above average at 13%, I believe. Yeah. Gets bad jumps. Uh, doesn't walk hardly ever. <laughs> doesn't barrel up, doesn't hit for power. Yeah, it's all about being a single slap hitter with speed. And again, the 2019 season is kind of what you hang your hat on. 2019 with Miami. Let me go to the very top of it here. Just go to our basic stats. 119 games, 446 plate appearances. So like a full season. 11 home runs, 4% walk, 20% strikeout, bat pip of 328 which is right away your first concern. Uh, that is a extremely high rate for the majors. That's about 30 points above league average. Now, faster players can hold, uh, and with me saying 30 points above league average, I'm considering league average of a fast player. League average for BAPIP, I believe, is actually 280, but for a fast player, we see closer to 300. He hit 276, 
but the numbers show that he'd probably be closer to a 250 hitter. And even with that, you know, the OPS would have been a 728 and a WRC plus of 93. And that's at the upper limit. He brings some base running value because of the speed. Defense is just horrid. Uh, he'd already one of the worst defenders on the Indians. They can give him a whirl. They can see if there's anything there. He was worth 0.4 uh, F war with Miami in 2019. I just don't see the overall upside play. I get it. He's fast, and people have loved the hit tool since you know he was in the lower minors. That's why he was a top 100 prospect with Pittsburgh in the lower minors. But that's all he is. Hit tool and speed. And the hit tool, again, is average, and he doesn't walk enough to bring any value there. He doesn't really hit for enough power to bring any value there. And defensively, he's a pretty massive negative. So I don't know his routes to success. At the same time, with 93 WRC+, plus, I mean, that beats anything the Indians really had in the corners last year. Then again, that doesn't say much. I believe, you know, a, uh, I believe most of the listening audience could outperform the Indians WRC plus from a year ago. It's, it was just, it was pitiful. It was historically bad. And maybe he makes the team. It's just hard to figure out what you do with the Harold Ramirez because he can only play left field, the least demanding outfield spot. Like, I mean, there's a reason why guys get listed as first base slash left field because that's where you bury someone. He, just in terms of, you know, he's a right-handed bat. So even if you considered him for the platoon, I mean, you already have Luplo for that. Uh, he, It's not the good side of the platoon. It is interesting looking at his 2017 scouting report. I mean, that's not exactly, that's when his stock had fallen. But he, and specifically, because back then they listed his speed as like a 45-40. He had a knee injury. He's fully recovered from that. But, you know, the hit was a potential 55 future and everything else was 40 grade. And that's what we're still seeing. I just don't think 40 grade hit, 60 grade speed is enough. And, you know, maybe he gets out there and plays with the Indians. Uh, He'll be out there in spring. I think he could very easily end up being someone who, let's say, if you go back to when I projected, you know, who the non-roster invitees that I'm pretty sure that Shaw, Perez and Hembry all make this team, and possibly Mike Freeman, four players. You you got Bo Taylor, who's someone who's easy to come off. We'll see about between Bowers or Bradley. One of them will likely come off. And honestly, I think Ramirez, barring a fantastic spring, is going to be a candidate to come off the roster when we get to the end. Now, if there is one case against all of those players making it, the 40-man is extremely tight right now. Uh, They... Uh, Cam Hill, with his wrist injury, could maybe get moved to the 60-day DL. That's another opening. But they don't have a lot of guys that can move around. There's not a ton of wiggle room on that roster. And the 40-man crunch at the end of next year is going to be severe for the Cleveland Indians. Of course, I should also probably mention that Trevor Steffian was a Rule 5 selection himself. And if he does not make the team, will be offered back to the Yankees, who I assume will take him. So that could also potentially open up a spot on the roster. So yeah, uh, your whole synopsis. Harold Ramirez, he's recovered. The speed came back. There was a time where people didn't think that would happen, which is why he was cut. He does have speed. He is a league average hitter at this point. I don't think he's that like 55-grade hitter. But you just can't be a 50-grade hit guy anymore. 
if you are going to be like bottom 5% and walk percentage, you need power. You need something. You need defense. One trick ponies with speed. They just don't cut it. The only way I can see this netting a return is if Ramirez, for some reason, grows into a little more power. For some odd reason, his defense takes a step forward. Or the Indians just don't have options, which, again, that outfield was historically bad a year ago. The 2019 version of Harold Ramirez would be better than what the Indians were putting out in the corners most days last year. But at the same time, the counter-argument to that is they went out and added Eddie Rosario. That's a everyday player in one of those outfield spots. Yeah, Luplo, who's going to be part of a platoon in the other spot. We'll see about Daniel Johnson or Jake Bowers, if one of those uh, come together to be his platoon caddy, Ben Gamble. Uh, and again, Ramirez can't play center. Like, if Ramirez could play center and just be an average defender, A, uh, he'd have value in Florida, would have never let him go. And B, uh, I'd feel great right now about his addition. That That's, that's how... Inter- to me, at least, interestingly, how how important positional value is. Like Harold Ramirez, as a if he was a league average defender and left, I still wouldn't be hundred uh, percent sure he could make the Indians. If he was a slightly below average center fielder, I think he is the Indians' starting center fielder. That's just how it works. That's the supply and demand of it all, which is. Again, uh, Ramirez, you might be thinking, well, he's fast. Why can't we put him in center? Uh, He's got a bad arm. Why can't we put him in center? Because he gets bad jumps, and his defensive scores in left were awful. You don't want to put that guy in center field. You don't want to do that to your pitching staff. What you do want to do, though, is check out our fantastic sponsors. And let's first talk about Rock Auto. Uh, I've talked about them on Wednesday's show this week, if you listen to me talking, projecting pitching staffs. RockAuto.com is just a great tool for you, the listener. You're able to have basically like an auto body shop in your back pocket. You get the, you're able to have a quote on the go, easy to navigate. Even for someone like myself who doesn't know anything about cars, when you go to RockAuto.com, make sure you put in the little box how you hear about us. You are going to type in uh, "locked on," "locked on Indians," "locked on MLB." One of those locked ons to let them know that uh, their advertising dollars were well spent. Cars are tricky and expensive. Rock Auto saves you money and makes things easy. Family-owned, they keep their overhead down, pass that savings on to you, the consumer. Remember, rockauto.com, how'd you hear about us? Locked on. Locked on MLB. Locked on Indians. Just let them know that the Locked On Network sent you. Bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. College baseball, too, people. Don't sleep on college baseball. Um... On top of sports, they bet on awards shows, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive, 50, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Check out Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. It is uh, 20 minutes of all the sports news you need. When the Indians have something, you might see my face on there. But you want to make sure to check out Locked On Today. 
hearing all of the breaking news, all the important news of the day. Subscribe today wherever you get podcasts. So I, I debated if we should lead with Harold Ramirez. That's definitely kind of the uh, the Indian sexy story as it was, as it were. Uh, he, I mean, like I said, there's a guy who was a starter two years ago and wasn't good, but wasn't awful. And frankly, you know, I stated the Indians were awful uh, in the outfield. But let's talk about some releases. We, 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 what am I switching languages? Uh, no, because I can barely speak English, let's be honest. We saw our first set of cuts. And there's going to be more of these. Uh, the Indians released three players on Friday. And I thought I'd spend a little time talking about the players that were released. Let's start with Gregor Vasquez. Now, it's interesting when you look at Gregor Vasquez, because when I started to do research a few years ago, a lot of people considered him a sleeper in the Indian system. This is a guy who signed... I think back in 2013, honestly, uh, was in the minors in 2015, moved through the system pretty steadily. Was it 2017 year? He had 14 starts in Mahoning Valley at 2.38 ERA. That was really kind of the year that when you go and you see people talking about this is a sleeper, a lot of it is kind of back that 20 post 2017 season with, uh, again, where he was at Mahoning Valley. Now he's always a small guy at six foot one. And let's see, after that year in Mahoning Valley, Lake County, he was, you know, 144 innings, 148 innings. Never got close to to that at any other point. Had 2019, only pitched uh, 33 innings. Also spent a lot of time in rookie ball, likely injuries. Didn't, you know, there's not a lot of information on some of these lesser guys. Uh, Undersized and... I mean, you see it so many times. It's you know, there's that that movie Sugar, and I think a lot of people who follow baseball in depth love that movie for a reason. Where if you're kind of more of a secondary or tertiary pitching prospect, and you get hurt and you lose a year, that's it, you're done. And it's even more pronounced because there was the you know the, a lot of these players didn't have any opportunities last year. Uh, Gregor Vasquez is 23, turned 23 in September. And again, his his peak value was 2017. We're now talking, we're in 2021. Uh, The Indians let him go. I I couldn't really pull anything on his uh, signing bonus or the like. Uh, Though there is a bigger signing bonus player who they did let go. Uh, Another name is Nahimis Celestin, who they signed as a third baseman for 185,000, which is not insignificant. Uh, For instance, in that same class, they gave Tajnay Thomas $200,000. I feel like I don't remember him in the Indian system. That's because he's a top 100 prospect for the Pirates. And it's hard to... I mean, that Jordan Leplo deal, he had that great year in 2019. 2020 was a disaster. The secondary pieces in that deal did not work out. Uh, Pirates are still using um, Gonzalez, who they got from the Indians. But Tajne Thomas is a really good prospect, and that's who the Indians gave up in that deal. He got a $200,000 signing bonus. Carlos Var- Var- oh. Vargas, who was just added to the 40-man, got two seventy-five. dollars uh, The big name was Marcos Gonzalez, a 17-year-old Dominican shortstop, who I was trying to remember off the top of my head. I'm like, he's not really a big prospect for them anymore, is he? And I just did the double-check thing so I didn't you know, look like an idiot or something. Uh, he's not. You know, Marco Gonzalez was, again, he was the 
the big player in that class. Another one of their very typical shortstop types. And uh, he, you know, not a big guy, just a solid type of performer. Uh, 2019, he had 11 games in Lake County. So yeah, that 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 from that class, I mean, it's the the star of it. Unfortunately, is someone they traded away. Uh, but getting back to the player that was let go, uh, Nahemis uh, Celestin, he was all about power. Uh, unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to access it. Went from a third base prospect to a first base prospect, and there just wasn't enough there for them. Uh, and when you are a first base only prospect who is only really played, and I, I believe he was only in the Dominican Summer League. So far, uh, it's not ideal. Let's just be honest. That gives you a very short path, very small opportunity to get to the big leagues. And again, these are just the beginnings. These three cuts, there's going to be more because there isn't a Lake County anymore. And they'll probably have uh, not a ton of cuts until the draft. Once the draft comes, there's going to be, you know, There'll be a player here, a player there, but there's probably going to be about 20 players right around the draft who no longer have jobs, if not more. And the last player was Pablo Jimenez, outfielder first baseman. And he had been in the system since 2015 and never gotten out of Arizona. Wasn't even a regular down there. Struggled to make contact. I mean, not a surprise in that situation. So three players no longer in the organization. Uh, we will, like I said, this is the tip of the iceberg. If you're an Indians fan, there's going to be a lot more players in the lower minors uh, that will be without a job. I mean, when you cut a whole team out and you cut multiple leagues out of the minors in general, uh, you're going to have to, you don't need the players. So there's going to be less players very soon. We did get a, a few comments on some of the shows. Uh, we're still seeing the stuff with uh, with Bieber and the extension. I you know, I, I saw that uh, Nathan, who follows the show, mentioned that like Buster Olney had a piece that uh, he that he doesn't think players will sign extensions right now because contracts might be even bigger post uh, lockout. Which I mean, it fits in with everything else. I, I don't know why Shane Bieber would even have interest in extension. Remember, he hits arbitration at the end of the season, and if he can pitch anywhere near as well as he's pitched so far, uh, he's going to be in for record-setting paydays in arbitration. He's going to make. Uh, Francisco Lindor's amounts look small. He's going to be on that Clayton Kershaw path, which could make him priced out of Cleveland, frankly, before his contract is even up. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised by the the talk that Bieber still might be interested in signing an extension. Uh, I did have someone, the Mad Thinker, pointed out the reason that Chin Chu Chu didn't help in 2017 was he was the rare offensive player who had uh, required Tommy John surgery. Just another one of those what-if scenarios with that season, I guess. that That's in my lifetime. Uh, that's going to be one of the big what-if years. There's just so many odd, interesting points and pieces. I also mentioned uh, the 13-pitcher thing. Uh, it turns out I thought it was only removed for last season. It turns out that stipulation has been completely removed from the rule books. So who knows? The Indians could carry 14 arms. Uh, I, I thought it was odd that it's not coming back um, just because... You know, we're seeing the limiting of September call-ups so teams can't mess around and have this kind of revolving door with pitchers and that they can't have just a ton of relief, you know, arms coming, you know, but limiting what teams like Tampa try to do. So the fact that they're not doing that is a little bit a little bit odd. It's, uh, it's giving a team like Tampa, again, a chance to manipulate things a little bit more. 
I am going to be curious exactly how this plays out with the Indians and the pitching staff. Uh, maybe more than with, you know, off. I think like outside of center field, and potentially who is going to platoon with, um, with Luplo. We really know how things are going to look offensively. So it's the pitching staff is really the only questions at the end of the day. And we're going to have to see. And it's going to be, like I said, the the fun with this is the Indians are so tight up against it with that 40-man. They don't actually have, like in years past, I'd have to look at someone like and see if Juan, Juan Carlos Mejia isn't hurt. He just, you know, was, was unavailable. Uh, they don't have, typically there was two or three arms that could move to the off to the 60-day disabled list and give themselves a little bit of flexibility during the season. That just doesn't exist. So, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see how this staff plays out. Uh, but yeah, so I had the the thirteen rule wrong, and my information on Chu. So just some some quick corrections. I also want to apologize. I'm using a new setup, and I let me know how the sound is going through. Uh, I kind of had to move things around because I uh, I'm using a new computer setup. And then additionally, if anything sounds off, uh, I've been dealing with a sinus infection all week. I feel like I've been dripping this entire show. I apologize to anyone who I just disgusted there, but uh, it has led to my overall sound quality being lower in life. So, yeah, there's that. But I want to thank you all for listening, rating, and reviewing, uh, being here with the show during the lulls, the ups, and the downs. Uh, remember to rate and review. That really helps download daily. Tell a friend. I have... Uh, just for the listener audience, I put something out on Twitter. I'm basically, I'm looking for a co-host, you know, someone who can, uh, with just the busyness of life, someone who's going to be able to take over the social media aspect of this podcast from me because I am poor at it. And then also occasionally, you know, maybe once, twice a week, do a show and then maybe be a permanent member of the video shows. Everything's still getting figured out, but I uh, want to thank those who have applied already i'm going to slowly move through uh those applications and i'm just trying to get things set up for march guess what next week we're back to five days a week uh no i am not ready uh i am not prepared to be recording five of these a week which is probably the other reason i think it's important to get a co-host before uh you know we're we're, mo- we're very quickly coming up on episode 500 uh hard to believe i've been doing this long enough to have 500 episodes but uh, it's there. It's coming up. My two years at the network is almost here. So again, especially if you're someone who's been there from the start, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. And for the next year at least, go Tribe.